Today on Lockdown White Sox, we talk about the latest meeting between the MLB and the MLBPA. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're free and available on platforms like Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find us there by searching Locked On Sox. I am Sean Anderson. I'm the host of Lockdown Sox. I've been doing this for over two months now. It's been very exciting covering the lockout. Uh, Not really. You know, I think it frustrates me just like it frustrates everyone else out at home because baseball is why I'm doing this podcast. They actually need to play the games for this podcast to be something you want to listen to. You want to be engaged into a 162 season uh, game season. We don't we don't do this for the labor negotiations. Am I right? But I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Today, I will be talking to you about the most recent meeting between the players and the MLB. I was going to say the players and the union, but the players are in the union. So the players union met with the MLB today, and I will update you on that and how it might affect the start of the regular season. Before we get into the details about the lockout meeting, I do just want to say thank you for understanding the delay in the episodes. I was supposed to have one out on Wednesday. I did not. And now we're going to have one up on Thursday, posting as soon as I'm done recording this one. And then I will have one for you on Friday. Thank you for your patience and thank you for your loyal listenership. I really do appreciate it. And one more piece. I do just want to throw this voicemail in there because I was supposed to have a What Up Wednesday. Obviously, that got delayed. So somebody called in 312-566-8727. That's how you can call in and participate in Locked on White Sox. We did have somebody call in, and I just want to get this point out there because it does fit in with what we'll be talking about today. Here is our good buddy old pal, Mark in the Park. Sean, Mark in Litchfield Park. Calling about this continued lockout, the possible cancellation of some spring training games, and it being the only opportunity I get to see the White Sox living in this godforsaken desert. It's one of the only pluses about living here. But uh wanted to buy tickets for the San Diego series because that's close enough for, to go to. And now there's some talk about possibly cutting games at the end of the season. And that's the last series. So, GFM, I, I know you don't cuss on here, so I'll go freak myself. Thanks. Bye. I apologize for you having to get your freak on there, Mark. I, I do apologize. And sorry you live in Arizona. It doesn't seem like you like it. I, I'm sorry to hear that, bud. I want to take a trip out there. If you got any suggestions, uh, it doesn't sound like you recommend Litchfield Park. But, like, you know, should I visit Tempe? Should I visit, you know, Phoenix? Let me know, Mark, next time you call in. But thank you for the call. And it, it would suck if that San Diego series got canceled because not only is that Fernando Tatis Jr. versus the Chicago White Sox, but that is also Manny Machado versus the Chicago White Sox, which I know that we are all looking forward to that, right? Honestly, I'm more 
looking forward to opening those wounds, the Fernando Tatis Jr. and the Manny Machado wounds that I am to talking about the lockout. This lockout, I agree with you, Mark. It is so just deflating as a baseball fan. Jeff Pass and I watched ESPN before I started recording this just to get as much info as I possibly could. And he had this little video essay and he talked about how the Super Bowl signifies that all the other dumb sports are kind of dumb with like, you know, basketball won't matter now until the playoffs. And that doesn't start until I think April. Same with hockey. Hockey doesn't start until April. But the MLB has the next moment. They have March 31st. They have the next big sporting event. There's no draft we have to worry about. Maybe you care about the NBA All-Star game. That's kind of fun. But like true big moment, like true calendar marker, it's opening day. And the fact that we might not get it, as promised, on March 31st is so deflating. It's such a punch in the gut as a baseball fan. And I understand that people want to blame the players, but you have been watching a product that we have all enjoyed. There's a reason why, over your lifetime, you are still a baseball fan. Because the product sometimes isn't that enjoyable. And maybe you left. I know some people, like myself, were really big baseball fans, grew out of it, and then I came back. Maybe you feel the same way, but this lockout is exactly what drives people away. And I understand people have frustration with the millionaires, right? And the the players demanding more, but you have to remember the owners locked out the players. And also this sport, the main moneymaker in this, the people that are truly taking home the big money are the owners. They are the ones that control the pay cuts for these players. They're the one that control the pay increases for these players. They're the ones that control the staff and budget for these teams. And if you look at the revenue for these teams compared to player salaries and the lack of growth that salaries part has actually had, there's a reason why these players are holding on to their dear lives and possibly going to delay the season because they need this pay increase. All right. Now. Here's where I guess I find it ironic. I don't know if ironic's the right word, but the current situation with spring training, from my understanding, is that the only thing that I have seen promoted or even sold by MLB teams are spring training tickets. And I mentioned this on a couple episodes again, where the White Sox have made it mandatory that players and all employees get their boosters. So not only be vaccinated, but get their booster. And I'm sorry if I used any of the wrong terms. I'm just, this is coming off the top of my head, but this is the theory that I had. They announced this two weeks before <laughs> spring training was to start. They they announced it. I think it was on the 9th, I believe, and spring training starts on the 26th. So if you had your booster and you waited the two weeks that, you know, get over any possible long-term side effects or any side effects, you, the minor league player, would be fine for the start of spring training on February 26th. And I, I think that, Mark, you can probably still go and see White Sox spring training. You'll just miss Yasmani Grandal and Yoan Moncada, and you'll miss Michael Kopech, and you'll miss Lucas Giolito. But maybe you'll get to see Colson Montgomery, White Sox latest first round pick, right? So it's not all doom and gloom. You just might not see the big names that people want to go see in spring training because usually spring training denotes the start of training for opening day, which again will not happen. But I I don't know exactly how this has worked. I have not read enough into it or I haven't seen the right literature. I need to figure it out. 
I know that the Triple A season has been extended to 154 games. So Triple A, Double A, Spring, uh, Single A, Advanced A, Low A, all those squads are going to play. All those teams that have teams in those affiliations and and those levels, I think all of those players will play. The lo- the minor leagues are not locked out. The majors are locked out. So you will be seeing some sort of White Sox spring training this year. It just will be with players you just don't know. So you can go enjoy spring training still, Mark, which I hope you do. But I truly, Lockdown White Sox might become Lockdown Charlotte Knights because I will need to watch baseball at some point. And we'll get into this in the next segment, but I don't think the major league season is going to start on time. The March 31st opening day that we all hope and you know, some people take work off. I used to take school off for I um, I used to know when the uh, fire drills were going to happen. So I would go to the office and be like, I threw up because I didn't want to be there for a fire drill because I scared me. So one day I probably did that for opening day because that way, you know, I get to watch baseball all day. I'm sick and I get to watch baseball all day. Sorry, Mom. Built fans, have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. They have yummy cinnamon churro. That's my favorite. Coconut marshmallow and banana cream pie. All of these are truly, truly unbelievable. Built works on their flavors. They are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they do it every single time. And the best part is they are healthy. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. And you can go to Built.com, you could scroll down the macros chart, and you'll be blown away. They're high in protein, low in calorie. They're high in fiber and low in carbs. And again, I I mentioned it before, but I want to mention it again. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and that's the puffs included, 100% real chocolate. So I'm telling you, go to Built right now, and you could use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Go try the puffs. Use promo code LOCKED15 when you do for 15% off at Built.com. Isn't it crazy, though, that Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado haven't played the White Sox at all yet? He signed in 2019, Machado, and they have not met the White Sox once. Makes sense. In 2020, they only played the central team. So they only played like the Cubs and the Reds. And they really only saw the teams in their region. We didn't play any West Coast teams outside of Oakland. And we all know how that went. And then in 2021, just didn't cross their paths, I guess. I don't remember the the schedule. I don't remember seeing San Francisco or L.A. or the Padres. We saw a decent amount of the central. So I'm not sure if that was just to... Yeah, I don't know if there was COVID restrictions because I know California was super crazy all throughout 2021 with COVID. So I don't know, but it is weird that we have never seen Fernando Tatis suit up professionally in a major league, true, real game against the White Sox. We've never, we didn't even see him suit up with a in a White Sox uniform, but we didn't see it. We've never seen him go up against the White Sox yet. So that should be exciting. Hopefully, we get to see that in October. And then Machado, 
He's never played the White Sox yet either since he signed in San Diego. We've seen him, obviously, when he played uh, in Baltimore. I, I'm not sure if he played when he was a, a Dodger. I think he did. I think there was one series where he came back. I, I need to look that up. But it is crazy to just think that those two players that have had such an impact on the White Sox, who never put on uniforms for the team, have actually never we've never actually even seen them play since we didn't have the opportunity to have them on our team. I think that's interesting. I, sorry, I said our team, by the way. I know that's some people's you know pet peeve when you say our team, but it's Locked On White Sox. This is your team every day, and you can listen to Locked On White Sox each and every day. We want to thank those people who make us their first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. All right, you, that's not why you called. You didn't call about Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. I guess Mark did. Mark called about the Padres series, and I hope that doesn't get canceled. I think, if anything, the start of the regular season will be delayed. I think that you'll get games pushed back, and I understand why you'd be worried that interleague games would be canceled. Fingers crossed, because imagine that. Imagine 2019, we don't get to see Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. 2020, we don't get to see him because of COVID. 2021, again, weird season or the, the schedule just didn't line up. And then in 2022, the lockout cancels it. Like, will we ever see those players play against the White Sox? Will it have to be in a World Series? Will it make us cry even more than it already has? I'm not sure. But the lockout has made me cry. I'm not sure about you guys. But earlier I mentioned the fact that revenue is going up and the player's salary is going up. And this is from Grant Bisbee, and I just want to share this with you. In 2003, the average opening day payroll was around, I want to say it looks about $75 million. There's $100 million and $50 million gap, and it looks like it's right in the middle. So let's say 2003, the average opening day payroll was $75 million. Then you look at 2019. And the average opening day payroll jumps up to about one one forty five. All right. So there was not even like a true doubling of opening day payroll, the average opening day payroll in the MLB from 2003 to 2019. That's the player's salary. All right. This is why we are currently in a lockout. That's why the players are not giving up as much as you think they should. If you are on the owner side or if you're like, I think these guys are demanding too much. I think they're looking for too much. They already make millions, right? If you're on that side, that's for you. The jump between 2003 and 2019 is about $70 million. And again, 145 divided by 26, because that's split between the 26 guys on the roster, and that's about $5.5 million. Now, let's talk about the owners and what they do and how much money they make. In 2003, they made, this is the estimate average team revenue in 2003, they made probably around $135 million. So the average payroll was about $75 million and they made about $135 million. Average estimate, right? Obviously, teams like the Yankees will be much, much higher. Teams like the Pirates will be lower and lower on that list. You go and look at 2019, though. Remember, there's a $70 million increase from 2003 to 2019 in the average opening day payroll. In 2019, the estimated average team revenue was at 300, just a little bit below $350 million. All right, let's go back and, and look at those numbers. So the, from 2003 to 2019, $70 million increase in the average opening day payroll. And that's because the owners on average have increased their revenue uh, by $215 million. <laughs> 
from 2019 to 2003. And let's see, one of the big issues, one of the reasons we are in a lockout is the CBT, the Competitive Balance Tax. And let's look at that. The first CBT tier, where teams start getting taxed if they go over this limit of spending. What the players want right now is they want it to be increased to $245 million. What it's currently at for 2022, the league's proposal starts the CBT at $214 million. This was back on February 10th. We haven't gotten a new proposal from the MLB since. In 2020, they want the CBT set at $214 million, and then it gets up to $220 million by the final year of the CBA. So they want a $6 million increase by the final year of the CBA because, you know, obviously we need to start taxing them when they start spending. It's important that $245 million number as well, because right now you look at the CBT, there will be basically two teams taxed at that CBT level of $214 million in 2022, the Dodgers and Mets. The Dodgers have spent $214 million on their active payroll for 2022, so they would be over that 214, and the Mets are at $235 million. So the first tier, they're above that first tier of the competitive balance tax. The players want to increase that to $245 million, so that would even give the Mets $10 million more to spend on their team if their, you know, their cap, quote-unquote cap, is that CBT. So let's just regroup over the numbers. Since 2003, the average team revenue has increased by $215 million. The average player revenue has increased by $70 million for 26 players. So it really is only increased about $2 million. Right now, the average salary using those numbers of $145 million for the average opening day pay payroll would put you at a salary about 5.5. Again, if everyone's averaged the same, and then if everyone's averaged the same for 2003, it'd be about $2.88 million. So they've only seen an, you know, a, a, an increase in their salary for about $3 million, where the owners, there's 30 of them in the entire league, have seen an increase of $215 million per owner. And that's, again, an estimated average. So not every owner is making $350 million, but some of them are making over $350 million. The players aren't seeing that. And that's why we're in a lockout. I got to tell you about the new official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network and of Lockdown White Sox. It's betonline.net, something I did last year after football was over. I did this in the month of March, if you catch my drift, because basketball right now is in full season. You got your pro and you got college. This is what I'm talking about. And they have the big thing in March that they do. And then every single game, I bet $1. And I was able to build up a decent pot throughout the run and you know when the the round went on when it was went to round two i upped it to two dollars then i upped it to four dollars i had a podcast all around this but it was really fun to do the tournament in that way and then when i got to the national championship I bet it all. You don't have to do that. You could do whatever you have on your money, but you will get the best and latest odds at betonline.net. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. You can head to the website today again, betonline.net. BetOnline, it's where the game starts, and I know this year it's where I'm playing all of my basketball plays. All right, I wanted to set all that up because I think it's important to then tell you that today the MLBPA and the MLB owners met for a grand total of 15 minutes today. 
On February 17th, they met for 15 minutes. Now, apparently the lead negotiators, they met in a side meeting for an additional 20 meetings. So today, when we are about, let's see, 11 days out from the uh, quote-unquote official MLB deadline, the two sides met for... 15 plus 20 that's 35 minutes so that's basically this podcast length all right so to try to put the hard work and effort in the mlb and the mlbpa met for a grand total of 35 minutes again you can listen to my interview with janice scurio from a couple weeks back and honestly i think that episode might last longer than the meeting today and maybe this is just because i dislike the owners maybe this is just because i dislike rob manfred and the commissioner And he is right when he does say that phones work two ways. But also, what is it like if they pick up the phone and they talk and the other person is just not responsive? I don't know what those meetings are like. We haven't gotten a lot of insights on what the meetings are like, if they have been conducive, if they have been able to, you know, actually have back and forths. Right. Is that a very productive 35 minutes? Was that a productive 15 minutes? I'm not sure. But I just have a feeling that these players are absolutely getting stonewalled because the owners see them as being greedy. The owners see them as asking for too much, which, again, I think these owners are not self-checking themselves and being like, oh, maybe we do have too much. Maybe maybe this, there is a little bit too much of a discrepancy here than what there has been. And let's see, who, why are the, it's kind of like when you look, ask the umps, like, why, who's, why are they coming to the game, right? Are we coming for the Angel Hernandez show? Are we coming for the C.B. Buckner show? Are we coming for the Jerry Reinsdorf show? Are we coming for the Dick Monfort show? Are we coming for, you know, the Steinbrenner show? I'm just naming owners because all of them are at fault right now, all 30 of them. I think that... Really, I don't know if a lot of these people are checking themselves, being like, oh, no, we need to give the players more. Just look at Rocky Wirtz. Do you remember what he did just very recently at a, at a press conference where the, the Blackhawks made a mistake, a huge mistake? They were told about a true crime and did nothing about it to one of their players because, you know, it would have hurt the identity of the team. And when Rocky Wirtz was asked by two reporters, like, how are you changing? What are you guys doing since the allegations and since this uh, settlement was reached? What have you been doing? And he goes off like a petulant child, right? I don't know if these owners, all of these owners have the true ability to understand the privilege that they have to be the owners of MLB teams. And two, like, think about this. All of the issues with baseball that you have as a fan are not being addressed right now. And they're big issues that you have. I know some of you are from Iowa, You guys deal with a lot of blackout issues with MLB.tv. You're giving all those owners money for baseball that you can't even watch. Maybe you don't like the speed of the game. Maybe you don't like shifting. None of that's being talked about right now. What the owners care about the most is their money. And it's just showing. It's showing how greedy they actually are. And let's go through the notes of what happened today uh, in the 15-minute meeting. Jeff Passan said on SportsCenter that there's a $100 million gap between the players and the MLB on arbitration. They are far apart on all sides, he said. He also mentioned this, and this is something that I didn't realize. 77 days this lockout has uh, lasted. That is the second longest uh, you know, labor pause in MLB history. The first ever being the cancellation of the 1994 season, and that was a player strike. This is not a player strike. This is a lockout. This is the owner's fault. Manfred also said that, you know, missing games is disastrous, but we are now so close to actually missing games. The official MLB deadline to getting a deal done was February 28th. I think if they get it done on March 3rd or March 4th or March 5th, if they get it done early March, they'll still probably have a March 31st opening day. 
Manfred said, I think, four weeks for players to get ready. So if they start on March 1st, I think that they'll be fine and be able to get in, you know, a March 31st opening day. But the days are coming closer and closer and closer. 11 days we are away from that official, uh, uh, you know, deadline, the official quote unquote deadline for them to get a deal done, for them not to miss games. And the MLBPA just made an offer and we know how slow the MLB works. When's their next proposal going to be? They're not going to work on a Friday. They're not going to work on a Saturday. They're not going to work on a Sunday. They're definitely probably, you know, probably going to put some elbow grease into it on Monday. Maybe we get a proposal on Tuesday, next Tuesday. That deadline is February 28th. And oh, next Tuesday would be the 22nd. So they need to have a deal done by two Mondays from now. You'll have a week of Locked on Sox episode. But next, the, the two Monday mailbags from now, that is when the official deadline is. There's no way they are having games this year. I, I, or at least 162 games. And this is from Kevin Goldstein, former Astros front office member, current Fangraphs writer and podcaster. And he said that someone saying, I'll say there's an 85% chance that the MLB's regular season is delayed. And Kevin said, you're off about 15%. That guy has true connections. And I bet he's getting the temperature that we are going to have games delayed. And again, the owners think that the players will cave before that February 28th deadline, but this proposal that they made today seems like the players are not moving, that they will change some terms and agreements around, but they do want what they want, and they're going to demand what they want, and they are not going to back down from what they want. And you might think that that's not good faith, but also I don't think it's good faith what the MLB has been offering. The MLB needs to start making improvements in their offers, and the players are changing terms. They are, but in large part, they are a united front. And two, another reason why I think this is happening is because you can look at the big names in that player union that are defending this right now. Max Scherzer just signed a big deal. He doesn't have to worry about his money, right? He's trying to fight for the guys that are making minimum salary, and he's trying to get improvements to their wages. And honestly, he has the flexibility to do so because he's a $100 million man who already signed his deal. So it helps having the big guys taken care of already. Yes, the Michael Confortos and Kyle Schwarbers, those guys have not been signed, but the big, big, big salaries, Seegers, Marcus Simeon, Scherzers, the big ones got done. There's not going to be, I don't think there's going to be another contract that reaches over $200 million, maybe $100 million, but I, I honestly think that's even a stretch. They got the big ones done, and that's what was important, and now they can work on actually getting the CBA in alignment with their needs. I think the players are entrenched in, and I don't think the owners believe it, and I think the owners, who are being led by Rob Manfred, who said it just takes one thing to happen to really change negotiations. Hey, Bob, you guys met for 15 minutes today. Like That's who their leader is. I don't have any faith in him at all, and I don't think that the MLB owners are going to change their proposal significantly enough by February 28th, where you will get a full 162-game season for your Chicago White Sox. Thanks for listening to Locked On White Sox each and every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. On our next episode, I will be talking to you about some DH stuff. We're going to talk about Andrew Vaughn's value and how that changed with the Universal DH. We'll talk about your mean Mercedes and Gavin Sheets and Jake Berger, how they're affected. We're going to have a sporkle quiz because it is tgif friday fun day and i think there's one more fun topic that i need to put some research into but it should be good we'll talk to you tomorrow on friday here on lockdown socks <laughs>